This is Limit Up, a trading podcast presented by the performance coaches at Top Step. We discuss futures, forex, stocks, options, history, trading psychology. Basically, if you can trade it, we'll try our best to make sense of it. Now, on to the show. All right. Hello, traders. Welcome to the Limit Up podcast, which is, of course, the audio program made by the coaches, etc. at Top Step. I'm Jack Pelzer, joined by Dan Hodgman. Dan Wisconsin, how you doing? I'm great, Jack. It's uh, it's like summer's almost here. It's like 75, 80 degrees out already, working in shorts again. Yeah, definitely. And when the weather is good outside, that's the perfect time to uh, go inside to a movie theater and get... <laughs> <laughs> Free popcorn, I guess, if you're an AMC stockholder. I saw that was something that they're giving out. Did you see that this morning? I did not, but that's genius. It is genius. They're uh, making it part of the game. So uh, we've been off like last week. We were out for Memorial Day. Hope everyone who is observing that had a nice weekend. But we're back, and man, things are spicy all over the place. Spicy is a good term for it. Um, speaking of spicy, my jalapenos are coming in strong. I'm growing some jalapenos. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. My uh, wife did that last year and they came out pretty good. I've never done it. Uh, making my first attempt. I got tomatoes and jalapenos and I'm going to try and make my own uh, salsa. All right. Well, we'll have like a, a pepper eating contest at right. some point. But even that would pale in comparison <laughs> to the spice of uh, AMC. We'll talk a little bit about that. First, I just wanted to say that uh, this week, the topic of the podcast is going to be uh, what kind of trader are you? Because we had a quiz on the website that was kind of fun, but I think there's some things we could learn from it about sort of the broad categories of traders we see out there. So we'll dive into that. But first, I think that our takes for this week both kind of have to involve AMC because that's kind of the story of the trading world. The, I mean, the, the indices have been pretty kind of holding around that, you know, the S&P around that 4,200 level. Hasn't been a lot of movement. This week, uh, it's mostly been sit on the sideline while uh, the so-called meme stocks have been going nutso butso. It's really kind of amazing. In this last year, we've created essentially a new indicator called Reddit. Reddit has become this little like indicator. And a lot of people, you, you thought about it when COVID first came around and sports betting kind of fell to the wayside. We weren't having a lot of sports. And mm -hmm. you got people that have that itch to take that money and try and put it in places to generate more money. We can call it gambling, we can call it investing, we call it trading, whatever you want to call it. But you've got a lot of people out there that had to kind of adjust what they were looking at. And so this last year, you know, they found these smaller stocks. You know, you got a lot of, let's say, you know, the average guy who who's a gambler, you know, will place, you know, 250 bucks on, you know, Celtics to, you know, beat the over, whatever it is. And that went away for a little bit. And then all of a sudden they had this capital and they were like, well, what am I going to do with it? What am I going to do with it? And then these meme stocks started coming up. You can get in at a, you know, GameStop for 30 bucks. You can get in Dogecoin for 50 cents. You can get in AMC for $8. So you've got this cash and it's like, well, not a bad idea. Everyone's told me my whole life I should start investing. Why not try these stocks that everyone's talking about? And so AMC, which to me is really the most mind boggling of them all, has had a kind of an interesting year during a year when AMC, you know, if you owned an AMC, you were struggling because no one could come see the movies. And now it's soaring. 
I mean, they had problems long before that <laughs> yeah. as well. I think it's interesting. You're right. It kind of, at a foundational level, changes some of uh, the, the old ways of the market and that you used to have these activist short people, right, who would release their info wherever and then come out and like announce their short to try and get people to pile on. And now it's like you don't want anyone to know you're short anything because people are going to try and get king up right? on you and blow you out. If you're, if you're a bigger name and you're short something, everyone's going to try and bury you. And yes, maybe that's, you know, we've had countless adjustments over the years of, you know, trading and from pits to screen, from Arbin the pits on the screen to, you know, trying to get those quick scalps to, you know, being the fastest high frequency trader, you know, it just continuously evolves. And now that's, you know, that new thing people are looking for. It's a little bit of an edge. If you find out someone short it, you know, you can rally the troops and get on Reddit and get them all <laughs> to uh, run that price right up. And that's what you see with the AMC, you know, AMC started the year, you know, two bucks or something. Yeah, I think it was January 4th was two dollars. And as we sit here right now, it's $40.55. With most of those gains coming in the last two days. Right. Now, do you, do you have a, a level take or a, an extra take on it? Because I don't. You know, this is such a new a new thing, you know, running these shorts up like that. It's still something we're, we're learning. I'm of the opinion that if you got in at 20 and the market makes it to 40, you take your, your 100% and walk away. Surely, especially since I don't understand why I know they've made some offering. I don't understand why these companies don't just keep diluting. Like, why don't they just keep on offering more? It would just be weird if you're like Ryan Cohen sitting at GameStop that you got in at $9 with the thought that you're going to transform it into a stock that would someday be worth, you know, 150 bucks. Right. And now you've done nothing and it's at 250. It's just all interesting. I think what we're seeing, in addition to the retail interest, I think the forces that are really at play here are the access to the option market among retail. Because I think so much of these price run-ups has to do less maybe with these people buying shares than it does having them gradually buy more and more out-of-the-money call options. And then the market makers have to hedge. um, They have to buy shares to bring it up. Mm Mm-hmm. And you get into that cycle, that gamma squeeze cycle. But then one thing I didn't really think about too much is with the popularity of passive investments, right? GameStop's the number one holding in the iShares Russell 2000 ETF. Okay. And that's because similar market makers, all those indices are based on market cap, right? So for all you guys out there, I don't know how familiar you are, but you know, the market cap of the company, it's the number of shares multiplied by the current price and that's sort of you know it's the valuation of the whole company and how they weight the s p 500 is by market cap so apple which is a two plus trillion dollar market cap is by far the biggest holding in the s p 500 and the computers automatically balance that so what's happening is that as gamestop or amc goes up tenfold will suddenly vanguard and Fidelity and BlackRock have to, similar to market makers hedging their, their self, have to buy uh, a bunch of shares. So it's this kind of cycle that I'm not sure where it's going to end. I'll be super interested to see. This comes out Thursday, so people will know if I'm right or wrong. 
I'd be interested to see if the price doesn't crater. And by crater, I don't mean back to two. I mean, if it doesn't get below 30 by Friday options expiration. That'll be a good test. You know, if we are going to talk just kind of areas or levels of this market turning around, I really could see an opportunity if this market gets down to 20, down by that $20 mark. I think, you, you know, you're going to start to see more buyers be attracted to hopping back in. It's kind of where we had our last top off and possibly could bring another excitement into the marketplace and maybe run it back up. So we'll see. And I've been involved in a little bit. And once again, none of this is investment advice, but like, I think the options, they're so expensive that to me, they're more interested to, I'm more interested in selling them with like a covered position. I'm, I'm not a maniac who's going to go out there and like sell calls on GameStop yet. I don't have the disposition for that. No. No, that's a no. lot of work. Well, that goes into the sort of trader I am. So uh, the quiz that we we sent out a quiz to everyone at Top Step that was kind of fun. Like the questions were honestly, I wrote the questions and they were a little bit irreverent, but I think they got to the point that we were trying to make is that there's a bunch of different type, types of traders out there. And I actually sat down and was trying to think about what are some of the outward types of traders. And by that, I don't mean like a swing trader or I, mean, I just snapped my mouth really loud there. You know, leave it in. <laughs> I, have, I have no shame. I don't mean day trader, swing trader, position trader, or bond trader. This isn't so much what you trade or how you trade it. It's more of the personality types that go into trading. So what I came up with was like just four kind of categories of uh, the gunslinger, the lifestyle. I didn't name that one. I'll tell you what I'm talking about there. Uh, the Zen trader and the grinder. And Dan, I thought we could kind of go through and discuss some of these today because I think it'd be fun. I would love to because when I looked at these, when we first, I first saw them, I was like, man, where do I fall under that? I don't know. Am I this one or that one? Um, I have I have little pieces of each. Well, you, you could be a, hy- a hybrid strain trader, as they say in the game. I think I have a hybrid of basically all four of them. Yeah, that's not a bad place to be. You don't want to get too one-dimensional. So... Let's talk gunslinger since we were talking to AMC. So the gunslinger, to put it kindly, would be people whose emphasis and expertise is less in risk management and more from shooting at the hip, betting big, YOLOing. So these people do exist. And honestly, there's some people out there who are successful doing this, but that's mostly by luck. Dan, if you have any thoughts on gunslinging I do. before I go into some. Yeah, I, I definitely do. So, the, you know, when you hear the approach gunslinger, typically that's the kind of person that's going to slap on a little bit of size. You know, risk isn't really much of a question. I got asked recently by someone. I haven't responded to it, but it was. Why trade with the stop loss? Why not just sit in the trade until your profit target gets hit? And like when I saw that question, I was just instantly like, OK, that's a gunslinger mentality. You are, doesn't matter, risk isn't a thing to you. You just want your profits and your that mentality of I'm going to make money all the time. Um, that to me is typically that kind of gunslinger. I mean, you could do that if you're uh, investing or something and you're not leveraged. I, w- I would say the answer to that is because you are in a leveraged position. So, you know, if, if you have the usual margin on an indice future, right? You're what, like 20 times leverage, maybe a little less than that, 15 to 20 times. Something like that. So that's why. <laughs> I mean, 
If you got that much money, sure, why not? But if you're in a leveraged market and you're trading and you're just going to sit in it until it hits your profit target, but you got to have a lot of capital and some serious cojones. Serious cojones. I think what I would tell that person, though, is that it's ultimately the money is a byproduct. It's what we let's. You know, not not kid ourselves around here. It's what people are trying to That's make. That's what we're here trading. for. We're here for the we're here for the green. We want the money, but you got to get but, it the right way. Yeah, but really, your job as a trader is to use capital efficiently and to be able to justify that at any point. So, if I, I give you a million dollars in capital and you come back six months later and you made ten grand, and I'm like, "Well, how'd you do it?" and it's like, "Well, I took uh, seven hundred thousand dollars worth of heat, but then it all came back." <laughs> <laughs> oh well and that's, that's like what well, we what's want. the problem I, I gave you 10 grand man like interest rates are low be happy with that 10 grand <laughs> <laughs> so that's you know gunslingers what you got to work on as a gunslinger is having some sort of discipline because i think we get kind of sidetracked by and there's gunslingers in all professions and i think it's because we get influenced by survivor bias and the golden what's it called the golden to no, the Midas effect and the survivor bias. So survivor bias is that the people that end up in the movies, like, you know, the big short and stuff like that are the people that it worked out for. You don't see movies about the, yeah, you, you, know, you see, you see the good ones that created a story. You never see the guy that, you know, lost everything gunslinging it. And, you know, now he's, doing nothing at this industry, had to go find something new to do. Yeah. I will say you made a good point there. Your job as a trader is not so much to be trading. It's money management. You have to manage money and take what you have and make it a little bit more. It's not about like how much risk you can take. You know, when you have capital, let's take that million dollars for an example. If someone's going to give you a million dollars, you're presenting a pretty solid plan. And what are they looking at in that plan? Well, first thing they're starting to look at is what's your risk strategy? How are you covering your risk when you're trading my capital? And if you were to show someone, okay, well, I take trades, I don't use stop losses, and I just wait for them to get in the money, and then I take my profits, that capital provider is probably going to look at you and go, yeah, get lost, guy. <laughs> yeah, best of luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully someone else will back you, not me. Yeah, and just to mention the other thing that I said, that the Midas touch uh, syndrome or whatever they call it. I, I like this. I learned this about a uh, business. It's basically, it was an experiment to answer the question why so many corporate uh, mergers generally do not work. Overwhelmingly, statistically, they don't work. And yet CEOs keep on doing them. And the question was why? And one of the reasons is it's similar to the survivor. It's the uh, Midas touch syndrome. To become the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, everything you've done up to that point has turned to gold. Mm -hmm. And so you have a biased sample of people who have probably been both skilled, but also incredibly lucky at each level. And they get to the top and they still think, you know, what's most the of these risk fail. in this one? Let's most do it. Of, yeah. Most of these fail, but I'm not most people, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm me. <laughs> so have a little humility. I mean, I support that mentality. If you haven't failed, just keep going. Get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Fortunately, in trading, we tend to fail pretty darn quickly. And uh, we get our bell rocked a couple times and um, you learn real fast. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of that similar thing is the second category of traders. We have the gunslingers and then uh, we call it the lifestyle traders. But lifestyle traders are people that are really all about the trading lifestyle. This is Hollywood right here. Hollywood, baby. This is, you know, when you go on Instagram and you see people, you know, wanging away about some Forex bet or you see people who are... um, you know, like institutional traders, sort of that sparkler bottle of Grey Goose, uh, live fast, get your face bloated lifestyle. Uh, that's kind of what I think about with lifestyle. There's a certain, I've met people like this too, who just like the idea of being a trader. And that's kind of how they form their identity. I was going to say, it's their it's their identity. You know, they want to be Gordon Gecko. you know, living that lavish life, which there's nothing wrong with it. Dude, those things can be fun. You know, getting a little bottle service. I'll never complain with that. <laughs> <laughs> All things in moderation. You just can't <laughs> right? be. Th- this is comes dangerously close to the area of, you know, some people can pull us off for a while, but this also hev- heavily intersects with the, uh, there's a Venn diagram of this person and uh, asshole traders. Right. This is the one that right now you're seeing, like, I just got an in- a request on my Instagram. Someone asked to follow me. And I looked at this guy's page and it was him with like, Bitcoin graphics, laser eyes, Bitcoin graphics sitting in front of like, you know, Lamborghinis and stuff. And just some of the like the cheesiest one liners in his profile. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, and he's got things like, give me $250 and I'll show you how it's done. Like, nope, nope. Probably the last guy I'm giving 250 because you're going to go spend it on a car rental to take more pictures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the, that sounds like dangerously close to what it probably cost to rent a Lamborghini for an hour. <laughs> I don't know where I heard this, and this is so off topic, uh, but I'm totally on brand with the lifestyle. Someone told me they were down in Miami and they saw a guy doing a photo shoot with a Lamborghini, a purple Lamborghini. And someone walked up to him and goes, "Nice car. What are you, uh, you know, what are you doing the photo shoot for?" He goes, "Oh, I rented it, and this is for my dating profile." I appreciate his honesty. <laughs> If it's true, great. But that's like what, you know, a lot of these lifestyle, you know, social media, quote unquote, traders are doing right now is like that exact same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's all right. It's all right to have a little fun, but like, don't become a bad person, so to speak, because we all know that there's traders like we've we've discussed in the past. There's definitely traders who are uh, not particularly liked. We're not talking top step people or stuff like that. No, and I will say like there are a lot of traders out there that, you know, we get, we all get into this industry to, you know, reap the rewards of the financial benefits of trading. You know, you can still get out there and have fun and spend your money, uh, but just do it in practical ways. You know, do it when you have it. Don't try and sell what you have. So moving on from them, sort of the polar opposite would be, uh, Zen traders. And this is my favorite category. I wish I was more of this category of the type of trader that's very one with the universe, very accepting of the process. In many ways, this is what you want to aim for. Yeah. But when I looked at all four of these, like that's the one I attached you to. Yeah. Well, you didn't see me as much when I was trading. See, I, <laughs> I won't, I won't lie. I have found myself in that gunslinger category a lot. I've gotten better about it, but every so often I'll throw a YOLO out there. I'll show you stops. I was definitely closest to Zen of, of of these sorts of things because I found it the easiest way to deal. I think if you 
if you think too hard about the money back and forth and if you don't have some abstraction of what things are, the day-to-day will drive you insane. If you start thinking about like fills you missed for slippage and start thinking that, oh, that just cost me a couple hundred bucks, like it was, you know, mugged from you, mm-hmm. that would just put me in a bad space. So I, I try and be more of the, it's it's all good, you know, the universe, think larger, things like that. And I think it's a pretty good place to be. It keeps your blood pressure lower, which I think is important right. in this industry. I think to be successful in this industry, you have to have some sort of that zen um, and how you find that, you know, grounded point, whether it's, you know, the slippage. If the trade, if it's going to affect you that much to sacrifice a few ticks into a trade, then probably not the right trade to be taking. You know, if you can find ways to calm yourself, if it's, it's a, it's simple, you know, for me, one of the best ones that I've told people is just open up the timeframes in their charts. Cause I found that they're in that gunslinger mentality, they're rushing in and out of everything really fast because they're looking at short timeframe charts and all of a sudden they feel like they're missing things like crazy. And also you slow down that market, you get to slow yourself down and it gets a little bit more calmer. Yeah. Well, there's sort of a paradox of, we talk so much about the larger picture of you need to be looking at longer time frames and thinking about the larger forces and managing your risk, which if you think about a risk is almost always a future thing, whereas trading's all done the present. And it's important to be very present, be very aware of the situation, which strangely enough, sounds a lot sort of like Buddhism or something, even though you wouldn't equate most traders with that. <laughs> Mostly just like... Uh, <laughs> or at least in Chicago, like angry Irish Catholic guys. That sounds about right. My family right there. <laughs> <laughs> Southside Irish Catholic. Yeah, but you, you do have to be always paying attention and not too many of our traders, I think, uh, where they could be more Zen is A, by taking fewer trades. If you're Zen, you're not going to over trade. You are going to accept what the market gives you. And B, I think that many of our traders are living too much in the future or too much in the past with their trading, as in they either have been derailed by previous things that have happened to them in the markets, and it has them gun shy or despondent in some way, or they're living in the future in which, you know, like the guy with the no stop loss, all they can think about is that this is going to make a thousand percent on this account, or you can do that negatively too and be like, oh, this trade's going to blow out and bail on a trade and things like that. Uh, You got to just react appropriately to what's there in front of you. So that's why I like the Zen mentality. That was a very Zen analogy to this. I thank you. (laughs) But that really is, I mean, that's as true as it gets. You have to live in the present. If you're letting the past dictate how you're trading now, or you're thinking about those unrealistic expectations that the future might bring, you're going to have an awful time doing this because it's never going to be everything that you want. Or if you're leaning on the past, you're never going to be able to get away from you know that one day where you lost it all or that week that you gave up some of your retirement fund trying to do this and you're going to be too concerned or you're trying too hard. You know, Just enjoy what the market's giving you. Market's going to give you something different each and every day. And it's your job just to find the opportunity within that. Mm-hmm. The last sort of trader is, I think what we see most people trying to work towards who are getting started, but there's pros that do it too. And you need it as part of your game 
is being a grinder. And the grinder is someone that lives it, who is just got the determination. They have like the belief in themselves and they are just trying to grind it out every day. This is a mentality. I wish I had more of this and kind of what hurt my career eventually is that when I got into the markets where you had to just like fight to stay afloat, I was a little too Zen sometimes versus just trying to get after it. This is the one that talks to me the most. This is definitely, I definitely fall into that grinder aspect from like being a kid throughout my whole life playing hockey. Like they always said, okay, Dan's the grinder. He'll get in the corners and he'll just grind it out. Trading kind of been the same thing. Like I've got that passion just for the markets. And like when it's going against me, I will grind my way through it to try and learn something from it. And sometimes good, sometimes bad. Sometimes you grind a little too hard when Mm -hmm. you should, uh, should be a little bit more Zen. But, you know, I think a lot of traders out there, you know, love this mentality, this grinding mentality. I'm going to figure this out. And I think that's a good thing to have, just recognizing when it's becoming detrimental. Right. I, I think people that grind too hard, what you run into is issues with burnout, like we talk about this week on the Coach's Playbook, which is out now because we've already recorded it earlier today. And also overtrading, which we said is the bane of, because I think that people that are all in and going to sit in front of the screens for, it takes more discipline to sit in front of the screens for 16 hours and make two trades or one trade than it does to make 87 trades in that same time. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, we see a lot of that. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, whatever you think you've fallen under all of these, you got to look at it. There's positives in every single one of them. You know, when you look at what kind of personal person or kind of style trader you are, not the swing, not the day, you know, you start to look at these types of acronyms and, you know, there's positives to every one of these things. You know, I think you look at gunslingers, you know, and we talk about this when we talk about the Reddit and, you know, that's kind of that younger genre of trader coming up into this. It's like they have some awesome things that they're showing us that we're seeing, you know, with through this Reddit and what they've been able to do. We've seen a lot of younger people, you know, I've got my friends, little brothers, my little brother, you know, little sisters getting into these meme stocks and they're making really good money and and it's awesome. And it's bringing more people into the marketplace, the lifestyle. Absolutely. We all want to get into this industry because there's no question about it. Money is exactly why we're here. And if anyone tells you different, they're crazy. We're here for money. We wouldn't put this time and effort. The Zen, that is you know, something everyone's striving for, to be calm, cool, and collected under the pressure. And then the grinder, everyone wants to be have that mentality of like, if I work hard, if I keep working hard, it's going to reward me. So there's yeah. some great things to take out of every one of these aspects. Yeah, you can compare it to, uh, you know, athletics and things like that, too. The grinders, like, I use the examples, I think, that a grinder is like the fifth round pick that Bill Belichick takes and turns into a Hall of Famer. Right. Lifestyle, you know, that's like Joe Namath. Uh, it's, it's some others. <laughs> Broadway Joe, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, Broadway Joe. What else? Zen. There's all sorts of Zen in the sports. Who's the most, I'm trying to think, who's like known as being a super Zen athlete? There's got to be a lot of them. I feel like golfers could have that. I feel like many golfers 
many golfers do. I think in some of those, I I, I was gonna say Roger Federer came to mind. Um, yeah, I could just kind of get through. But they're all so you see these are sort of performance attributes that you see everywhere. So I think that it who's a gunslinger to... um, athlete Rex Grossman. <laughs> that's that's by the way that's a reference that uh, many of you probably won't get. But Rex Grossman was a the Bears quarterback when they went last went to the Super Bowl in 2006, and it became just a running joke everywhere that the guy was just always like. F you, I'm going long, throwing it down the field. He had a nickname that I can't mention on this show. <laughs> um, but uh, that was that's all great stuff. On the plus side, Bears have a strong contender for quarterback this year. Yeah, Justin Fields. I'm ready. I'm excited. I've talked myself completely into the draft pick. I'm all on board. He seems to have a little bit of all four, so uh, let's make it happen. Right. So, uh, yeah, your homework. This week, everyone, which I won't be grading or accepting, is, uh, yeah, think a little bit about uh, you and your trading. What elements you have? Are you lifestyle, zen, grinder, gunslinger? What do you need to work on if you are one of them? Do you need more risk management or do you need more effort or do you need more just groundedness? I mean, there's a lot of different ways to improve. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Take a look at who you are. You know, find what you want to be and create some uh, steps to get there. Yeah. And we'll include the uh, quiz if you want to take it on uh, our notes for this when we publish them. I'll write myself a note to do that or for the dancing bear to do it. We'll see. <laughs> so as we reach the end here, Dan, where's AMC going to be on Friday? <laughs> I think it's going to keep going. I think a lot of what's moving this higher, I think it's less in the options than you do. So I think uh, I think we see possibly fifty bucks on Friday. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do my homework, so I didn't look where sort of the pain points were for options. But I'm going to say it'll be below thirty. I'll stick by that. Below thirty. All right. All right. So all right. Ten up, ten down. We'll do it for a uh, ice cold domestic draft beer of some kind. I'm on board with that. I don't want to give any free advertising out to. <laughs> I almost did. Companies. Yeah. yeah, I got you. So uh, that's all we got for this week. Uh, watch the coach's playbook where we're talking about avoiding burnout. But otherwise, have a wonderful weekend. Namaste and trade well. Limit Up is presented by Top Step and produced by Dante32. Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.